Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. I'm reading from Luke chapter 15, verse 8 through 10. And it says, Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp, Sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels and of God over one sinner who repents. Hey, over the next few minutes, I want to I want to talk to you from this idea how to throw a party in heaven. How to throw a party in heaven. Come on, let's pray. Um, dear King, we love you and we thank you for this opportunity that we have, Lord, to be able to come before your presence, Lord, with your men and women of God, Lord. And I thank you, Father, that as we take time, Lord God, to lean into the word, um, the activation, Lord God, I believe that's going to happen. It comes from you, Lord, as we open up our minds, as we turn on the lights, as we as we sweep interiorly, Lord God. And Father, as we go in action, Father, I pray that you would be with us. Lord, I pray today for our G kids as they continue to learn their lessons. Lord, I pray for our youth, Lord Jesus, our middle and high school students. As they soap, Lord God, as they dive into your word together, Father, I pray, Lord, that you would speak to them and that collectively as a family, Lord, that we would grow closer to you together. Father, we love you and we thank you. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Amen and amen. How to throw a party in heaven. Hey, can I tell y'all something? Many of y'all, and I've talked about this severally, um, I'm from Miami, Florida. Georgia is a lot different than Miami, Florida. See, here, you guys have, we have, because I am here. I am going to be here. I'm going I'm to get my grave plot here. I'm not leaving anymore. I'm not going to Florida. I ain't lose nothing. People are too mean. But here, you guys have, <laughs> when I grew up in Miami, we had like, we had squirrels. You know what I mean? We had lizards, iguanas. Like you would go and you would drive down the, uh, the road and you would see like all the iguanas on the side of the canal and they'd be sunbathing, you know, getting their suntan on and when I came to Georgia, I started to see, yes, we moved into our, our home and man, it's beautiful. I walked out of my house the other day to throw out the garbage and I looked in my backyard and I saw deer. Bro, we didn't see deer in Miami. We saw them just in books. Like we didn't even think they were real animals. We thought they were like, we thought they were like Santa Claus. Like they were the ones that would do that. And it's like, oh, it's make-believe until I came here and saw that you guys, I was one day, me and my wife, we take every year, we take a rhythm where we go out into the mountains and we just spend some time from the, with the Lord. And yo, I saw a bear. And I think I've told this story before. I mean, like I was right here and the bear was on the other side of the mirror. He was on the porch where I was at. And I, I remember I grabbed the knife. That junk was about this big. But one of us, I was going to cut him. I was going to do something. He probably killed me, but whatever. I was going to get off at least one or two little puncture wounds. Amen. Bears. We're used to alligators in Miami. Like, you'll see a gator in Miami. You know what I mean? Like, stuff like that. That's like the most wildest thing that you ever had. The other day, I was scrolling through the infamous Instagram when I saw this individual. His name is E.T. And he made this statement, and it made me to think. Do you know that I have the art, I have the skill. You may have not known this because your pastor's about that life. But I can actually kill an alligator. I could kill a gator. I, I'll tear him up. Y'all, I'll tear him up. I promise you, y'all, 
I'll, I'll kill him. You can kill an alligator. I could teach you how to kill an alligator. I mean, it's, it's super easy to kill an alligator. Watch this. An alligator who is ferocious. You got to just make sure he doesn't bite you because if he bites you, he starts rolling and you out of there, bro. You out of there. Give it a, give it a, you're done. You're done. He bring you under the water. You're like, Jesus, why you do this to me? He didn't do this to me. You should never put your hand in there. But listen, <laughs> the alligator, the alligator, what happens is when an alligator who is ferocious and mean begins to fill his belly. And if you feed this alligator and you give him the food that he needs and he finds himself in a space where he's eaten enough food, they get into this state of living in that moment where they're actually kind of paralyzed. Well, you might even be able to see it when you go to these different places or maybe you watch online and you've seen these people put their hands in alligators and do all this. And you're like, yo, how did the alligator not eat his head? Like, how is it? Because they actually get into the space where they're, act they're just paralyzed and you can open up their mouth. They might open, but they can't chomp. They're just paralyzed. And you know what's crazy is that as I heard E.T. speak about this online, I started to think to myself, Dag, is that not the danger that the church possesses? That we find ourselves in a place where we are some of the most, the Bible says that the gates of hell will not prevail. I have never heard of anybody pushing forward with gates, meaning the gates are used for the offensive, I mean for the defense. The gates are meant to keep people out, but yet Jesus himself Talking about you and I said that the gates of hell will not prevail because we as Christians are supposed to be such offensive. We're supposed to be such marching forward that even gates cannot even prevail against us. Please understand me that he's speaking about spiritual gates. So understand the power that resides inside of you. And I can unpack that. But inside of you, there is this, 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 this ferociousness where you could do more than a death road to the kingdom of hell. But I feel like we get fed so much. Week after week, we come to church and we eat. And we listen to Stephen Furtick, then we go listen to T.D. Jakes. And then we might go hear little Joel Osteen. And then we feel weird because we're just like, you know, let me listen to John Piper. I need some more of the word. And, you know, and, and, we, and we, we get from everybody. Every time, you know, the little five-minute preaching on Instagram, we'll sit there and we listen to it because we believe that if we scroll past it, we're not blessed and the Lord is going to curse us, so we have to listen to it. <laughs> That's just me by myself. But I feel like we're filling ourselves up with so much information and then we're just a bunch of fat sheep and the church is just paralyzed. Yo, as I look at what the numbers are of COVID, as I look at what's happening right now by way of suicide, as I have conversations on a regular basis with the teachers and the principals that are in our area, and they're telling me of the problems and the things that are happening. Right now, there is an umbrella, and everything we see right now is through the lens of COVID. And COVID has like completely just blinded everything out of us that we can't see nothing ahead of us, but there's still real issues that are happening. There are still people in my own personal life that I'm speaking to and that I'm counseling because they have issues in their marriage, because they have addiction issues, because the pornography came back 10 times worse than it ever did. They're sleeping with way more people than they ever imagined and they're shamed right now. They don't feel like they could even walk through the doors of the church. Drugs, alcohol, marijuana has gotten a hold of them in such a way that they're sitting there and they're filling this stuff up and the church is sitting here listening to the next, you know, Mike Todd message instead of becoming the next Mike Todd, instead of stepping out of your comfort zone, the chaos that is created and actually walking into the purpose and the assignment that the King of Kings, the kingdom of God that he has given us. This is a strong message. It's been a strong few weeks. At this point, I'm not talking about it anymore. We're just going to keep going with it. 
But yo, there's an assignment. There's something that Jesus, like he died, the disciples, every one of those guys, they died these brutal deaths to continue to move the message of the kingdom forward. And us as believers, most of us, I'm not saying everybody. I just mean nobody in the church because all you guys are, you know, you evangelize and you're like filled with the glory of God. Y'all good here in church, not there. Online, I don't know about y'all. I'm kidding. You guys too. You guys too. But I'm talking about everybody else in the world. But if the shoe fits, wear it. But, but the assignment, the things that God has given us, and it doesn't just mean preaching on a microphone. Some of you guys have so many gifts and talents that God has given you. There's so many things in your own heart that God has purposed and shown you that we kind of hold these things and we're like, yeah, but I'm not ready for that. I can't do that. You know, the pastor, I didn't go to school for that. Yo, three weeks ago, I preached about a demon-possessed man that had 6,000 demons in him. And the moment that he was set free, at that very moment, he was activated. Meaning that God is not looking for qualified people. He's going to qualify you. And sometimes it happens on the way. It happens with you stepping out of it. Last week, we had this idea that we saw painted in Luke chapter 15. And for the next few weeks, we're going to talk about it. Well, we saw this beautiful picture of Jesus with a bunch of religious people. And then on the other side, there were sinners. And the religious people were saying, yo, why are you hanging out with sinners? And he explained to them, I didn't come for you. I came for them. This is my responsibility. This is my heart. Jesus lived a sinless life for three years some people accepted him and some people didn't he healed people he spoke to demons and had them come out of bodies he raised people from the dead all of those things he did not to just bless those individuals but to be able to bring them into salvation into a relationship with God this was his whole purpose in life the reason why Jesus came down was not just to bless you it was to give you salvation so that you in turn may speak of the good news to others so that they in turn may receive salvation. We, we take this thing, Christianity is just like, I just want to be blessed. And I just want, you know, I, just give me. And, and I said it last week. I, we believe in the prosperity message here in church. In, at Greater Church, we believe God wants to give you a house, a car, gold chains, necklaces. He wants to give you everything. It's called four letters, W-O-R-K. Go get a job and go buy those things. Because you could do whatever you want to, but go work. Like, get a job. Like, save your money. Stop spending it on weird stuff. And you got Hulu, Netflix. You got Peacock. You got Tidal, Apple Music, Spotify. You got everything. You're paying for all of this stuff I'm sorry I went on a rabbit trail forgive me my hope and my desire is that you would see Jesus's heart that he wasn't concerned with even where he laid his head his concern was on lost people he painted this picture and he talked about leaving the 99 how a man has a hundred sheep and he leaves the 99 sheep because one of them had left and he goes everywhere looking for the sheep. And when he finally finds the sheep, he puts it on his shoulder. When he puts it on his shoulder, he brings it to his house. When he brings it to his house, he prepares this big festival, this big party to celebrate. Hey, the sheep that was lost, I found it. And then he celebrates with everybody. And they have a big old party. The Bible says that all of heaven rejoices when one sinner repents from their sins. So here it is that Jesus is painting this picture. And yesterday we were able, last Sunday, we were able to pull out a few truths out of this. Number one is that there's a chaos and comfort that I think even the church of Jesus Christ has found itself in. That we're so comfortable in everyday life that we tend to forget that we're on an assignment. That this life is going to end real quick. Yo, can I freak y'all out for just a second? We, I'm sorry, babe. I got to do it. I got to do it. We are 10 months into 2021. In two and some change months, we're going to be in 2022. Don't you see how fast that is? Remember being at 2019 and wondering the world's going to end in 2020? 
Y'all remember as a kid, we thought there were going to be flying skateboards and flying cars in 2000? We're in 2021. That was 21 years ago. The world was supposed to end with Y2K. What I'm trying to show you is that life goes fast. And if you find yourself in comfort, life is going to pass you even further. There's a chaos that has been formed in the world that we live in because of this comfort. Because now it's like, yo, stay at home. Oh, I can stay at home? Oh, you ain't got to tell me twice. My wife, she loved the quarantine. She loved to be that whole deal. That was right down her alley. She I don't like people anyway. This was perfect. I'm, I'm kidding. My wife loves people. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. It's a joke. It's a joke. Some of y'all are giggling because you thought that. You're like, I ain't got to see my coworkers. I could be online. Oh, thank you, Jesus. How about to quit? Y'all just gave me another three months. For others, we were like, yo, I need people. I need to be around people. And it killed us. But it did create a comfort where we just sat into this comfort. Because now we're arguing about somebody's skin color. Now we're arguing about somebody's political stance. And now we're finding ourselves way more vocal about the things that the world is arguing about more than what God has created in us and actually mandated and given us an assignment to be, which is the kingdom of God. Well, we just can't pray, Chino. No, you can't just pray. You have to evangelize. You have to speak the word of God. You got to lead people to Jesus. You got to break down the kingdom of hell. You got to lay your hands on the sick so that they can recover. You got to open up your mouth and allow God to show you and reveal things in people's lives. You got to do different things than just pray. Yo, we got to mature past that for a while. But when we're in this chaos of comfort and we're just like, you know, I just read my Bible. I read three chapters today. You know, I finished four of my plans last week for my Bible app. And, and we just sit in this comfort and there's a chaos in it. And the chaos is pretty much usually brought about because we don't understand the value of people. We talked about the virtue of value, that we don't understand what God really put inside of people or how much that person's life can be affected just because you had a conversation with them, because you allowed for the Holy Spirit to speak to you and you all of a sudden told them something that nobody else can know. And because you spoke that word, because it is real, because we've talked about it for 16 weeks, because these things are stored up inside of you, that when you begin to speak that word into somebody's life, all of a sudden, their entire life can be changed around, turned around, because they said, yo, how do you know that? Well, I know that because the God that loves you so much revealed it to me, because he wants to have a relationship with you. And once we begin to do this, we understand the value. That person's entire life gets changed. Their legacy, the family that's around them, things start getting changed. It was Don Bizarro. An old white man that continued to come to the jail where I was as a young teenager. And that man didn't get no accolades. I found out later, people didn't even know in his church that he was doing that. He wasn't on a platform and a stage saying, well, this week we went to the prisons and we saved 35. None of that. People didn't even know he was doing that. But my life was absolutely turned around because of this old white bald-headed man. He, when he spoke to me about Jesus, I heard it, but I didn't see it. But in my most broken state, I saw Jesus. And it was because he painted such a picture through his obedience. So there's a value that was found in me that maybe you or maybe you do or not see it now. But that value, he saw it way before I even saw it. So when we understand the value of what God has put, then it puts us in a place where we can actually go on the journey of going. The man left the 99. He went after the one sheep and he found it. Today, in the next 20 minutes... I'm going to show you how in this scripture, in Luke chapter 15, how this woman who has 10 coins in her hand, the Bible says, and it's an illustration, it's a, it's a story that Jesus is using to show a bigger purpose or to illustrate something that's higher. He takes, she has 10 and she loses one coin. 
When she loses one coin, she does three things that I believe if we do these three things, we're going to begin to see things happen and fruit come about out of, out of our obedience. We're going to begin to see God do some amazing things. This woman has 10 coins. And as she has these 10 coins, second story in the chapter of Luke 15 that Jesus is talking about, she loses one coin. And all of a sudden what she does is that she, the Bible says, and she turns on her lamp. She turns on her lamp. She lights her lamp. So the idea that Jesus was trying to point here was that you need some assistance. Like when we go out and we reach the 99, when we leave the 99 to go after the one, when we leave the 10 coins and we go after the one coin that is lost, Jesus is talking about people here, not coin and not sheep. He's talking about people. But for us to accurately be able to go after people, we need some assistance. We need to turn on the light so that we can see. If this room was pitch black, if I turn on the light, the light is assisting me so that I'm able to see clearly. Now, this assistance is not far or unfamiliar to Jesus. In fact, he actually talked about it. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, together, we've read, we've unpacked what this looks like. Jesus said to the disciples, I want you, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Jesus said to them, I want you to go and wait for me. Tarry, sit down, empty yourself. And when you empty yourself, I'm going to send you somebody. It's the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to empower you. Yo, it's turning on the light switch. For some of us, we're like, yo, I don't even know what it's like to share my faith. I don't know what it's like to reach people. Assignment. Chino, I don't know what to do with any of this stuff. Good, you're a prime candidate for the Holy Spirit to actually help you. Because once you notice in yourself, in and of yourself, yo, I'm insecure. I don't know how to talk to people. I don't know what to say. At that very moment, the Bible says there is a promise given to us through scripture that the power of the Holy Spirit will invade you, that he will come upon you and he will begin to show you things. He will begin to speak through you and he will begin to do things in and through you. But we need to turn on the lights because when we receive the assistance of the Holy Spirit, you start watching as things start shifting and changing in the way that you approach and speak to people. Because we talked about this for 16 weeks, how the Holy Spirit will begin to show you by word of wisdom things that have not yet happened in somebody's life. By word of knowledge, you begin to see things that they're experiencing at that moment or things that have happened in the past. In the discerning of spirits, you begin to see the intentions or the purpose of a person's heart. You begin to see if they're evil or correct intentions in a person's heart. Not only that, but through your hands, you will see as you lay hands on, as you speak, and the gifts of healings begin to happen where individuals will be healed because of the words that are spoken out of your mouth, because of the hands that you lay on of people, because it's the Holy Spirit. Remember, you turn on the light, the Holy Spirit now empowers you and you have the gift of faith where you begin to believe things that nobody else will believe. In those moments, you start seeing the working of miracles where things actually begin to happen without your help, without your doing, God begins to do these things through you and you start to see these miracles. You start to use your mouth to encourage to edify and to comfort people by way of the word of prophecy. There are times that you would speak in unknown tongues and there would be an interpretation of those unknown tongues that would speak directly to the individual that you're speaking to. None of these things are for you to lose control. I don't know what the Lord, the Lord is just doing. That's not, the, the spirit of the prophet is, pro, is subject to the prophet. Not only is the spirit of the prophet subject to the prophet, but one of the fruit of the spirit is self-control. 
So it's not like you're going to lose control in any of those things. But when you turn on the light and you say, Holy Spirit, today, this morning, use me to be able to speak into the lives of individuals at my job. Use me to speak into the lives of individuals at this, at this school, Lord. Use me to speak to my husband before I bust him upside his head. Lord, use me, Father, to be able to do something because I need you, Jesus. Once you turn on the light, the Bible says he is faithful and just, right? But he also says, how much more won't he give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? So here it is that we can receive the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit can actually illuminate. But I don't only think that it's the Holy Spirit when you turn on the lights that you see it, but I think you need to turn on the lights. We are, we, we are in a space, we, are, we have a proclivity and a tendency. We have a tendency to be able only to look at one thing. Right. So back in the days, y'all remember when was some of y'all, most of y'all, y'all remember when we were kids, we all used to watch. It was like one TV show. Like, sure, we all watched Martin. Everybody watched Martin. You know what I mean? Like everybody watched Martin. And at night we watched In Living Color. And then, you know what I mean? And then like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air in West Philadelphia, born and raised. That's a secular song. Don't sing it in church. Oh, my God. <laughs> we, we all we all watched one thing. We all heard the same album. Most of us, some of y'all are millennials. Y'all don't know nothing about that because y'all had too many options. We didn't have no options. We all stole the same music from each other. It's a, it's a tape. It's crazy. Two little circles. It has a little thing. It's insane. We all hit record when the DJ was talking about. So it was like we listened to the song and then at the end of the song, everybody had it. it did Power 96, that was nobody by Keith Sweat. It's like, and then you stop recording, but you kept that little piece right there. Everybody had it. In this generation, though, there's so many different voices that are competing on a regular basis. Yo, there's Netflix, Hulu, Peacock. There's, I mean, so many different streaming music platforms. Everybody has their own thing. And what happens is that whatever your thing is, that's the only thing that you watch. That's the only thing that you see. Unfortunately, even when it comes to politics, to our global government, I mean, to, to our, our national government, and even globally on a, on a platform, some of us, we only listen to Fox News. Or some of us will only listen to CNN. Or some of us will only listen to ABC or NBC. Yo, I want you to turn on the light. And I'm giving you permission to step outside of your bounds. I'm giving you permission to just see what is going on locally. Because if you look locally, Jerusalem. That's what he said. This is my home. Locally, Jerusalem, when he was talking about Jesus and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the world, Jerusalem was this close-knit home, meaning your city. Start seeing some of the things that are happening with KSU students. Start watching what's happening even down the street in Atlanta where I can't even begin to tell you. I turned on the news just to see it the other day. I never watched the news. But just because of this message, I said, let me just check out what's going. And I can't tell you how many times I've saw this headline a husband kills his wife. A husband kills his wife with the child. A husband kills his wife. Yo, I was blown away. I'm like, yo, there's a pattern to this. I read that. There was like three or four different individuals. And Father, we cancel that spirit right now of death over men and women right now that's trying to break away the marriage and trying to split what the nucleus is between a man and a woman. Father, we cancel that right now in the name of Jesus. But begin to look at that. Judea, Samaria. Start looking at what happens in your state. Start looking what's happening in your country. Start looking at some of the stuff that's happening globally because there are Christians that all they have is a tiny little piece of paper and they're slowly trying to read the Bible together because if they get caught, they're going to jail and they're going to lose their life. Look globally. 
I was talking to our sister in the Philippines who who is one of the the, the individuals who run um our, our Ryan's team and which we support as a church and it was beautiful to see though the pandemic has slowed them down in the areas where they found their niche in going to the schools and doing drug awareness alcohol prevention though they had that they're still preaching on a one-on-one -on -one basis and watching them as they go from park to park talking to people and evangelizing to people and it was beautiful to see and the things that she's telling me is that people over there are so broken right now they don't have anything else to do so all they're doing is getting drunk at 12 11 o'clock in the morning because we as a nation whether you believe in vaccination or not whether you believe in masks or not we've gotten a little spoiled there's countries right now that people are dying by the dozens i mean their hospitals can't even hold them and some of these countries are being ravaged by this and when you see all this pain and this chaos it either puts you in fight or flight right that's a psychological term you either fight and you push forward or you fly away and you get scared. And what happens is that people have been doing that and a lot of people have gone back to alcohol and drugs and they're pushing through all of that stuff and preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to open up our minds. We have to turn on the light. Not only do we have to look exteriorly and be able to see Jesus, I need you to come Holy Spirit, come to me, turn on the lights and be able to see what's happening in your nation, what's happening in your city, what's happening in your own family, what's happening globally. But I think not only do we look exteriorly, the Bible says she turns on the light but when she turns on the light, she begins to sweep and she begins to look for that coin. She turned on the light. She has assistance, but now she begins to sweep. And I think this is where me and you, we got to get some self-awareness. We were talking about it today at 10 o'clock. We have our leadership meeting and we were talking about it in lead today. We were like, yo, we got to ask ourselves some questions. Where are some areas that we've gotten real comfortable in? And we're just like, eh. This is, I'm, I just found my groove and I'm in this groove. Where are some areas in your own personal life where you haven't even noticed or realized what God has put in your hand and you're devaluing it? What are some things that God has laid right there at your hand and you're just like, ah, I'm familiar with this. This is, you know, this is just my gift. And what are some things that we actually need to do? I think that when you get self-aware, remember a few weeks ago, I talked about rooted in identity, which is one of your spiritual authorities, how to develop your spiritual authority, that you got to start thinking to yourself, why did I just say that in my brain when that situation happened? Why did I just think that? Why did I just say that? Why did I just get mad and say, you're so stupid. You always do the same thing. Why did I say that that way? Why is it that I thought that? Why is it that I said that? But then why is it that I did that? Why, why did I just flick, you know, wave at that person using only one of my fingers? <laughs> took a minute. It took a minute, Renee. It took a minute. It took a minute. It took a minute. But why did I do that? Why did I just get so mad because of that? Yo, self-awareness is a pathway to freedom. If you're able to say, yo, why am I doing this? But, but here it is. Begin to think to yourself, why is it that I don't want to talk to a stranger? <laughs> Why, why is it that I don't want to tell my coworker what the Lord told me that she was crying all last night and she thought two or three times about taking her own life? What, the Lord told me that clearly. I'm like, God, I'm turning it off. I don't hear you. I quench the spirit right now in Jesus' name. But why is it that I don't step out there? Why is it? Why is it that I'm so, when I talk about all these things, I hear it and it's like, okay, Chino, I need you to encourage me. Like, give me some words for me. Like, I need, tell me how I'm going to get money and how the Lord's going to bless me. But you're sitting there telling me that I need to use what the Lord has already blessed me with to be able to bless other people. I don't want to hear that. Why is it that I feel that self-awareness begin to sweep in your own heart? And begin to think, yo, why is it so hard for me to share with somebody who doesn't know Jesus? For some of us, it's as simple as taking a steps, whether we're watching online or we're here in person. Maybe it's just serving somebody. 
And we give you plenty of opportunities here at Greater Church for you to be able to do so. You can serve right there at the door as Jordan and Sierra have done an amazing job today. And Jamal has run this team and Sherry have done a great job of running the team that show up every Saturday to clean the church. What happens is that in the middle of that, they're having conversations with people. It's not just doing a tool or job, but they're doing it together with me. You think me preaching the microphone is going to save people? Yo, first of all, the Bible says that it is the Holy Spirit that draws all men into repentance. It's a gospel that saves. So I'm just being obedient the very same way that you're being obedient. But what happens is that when I grab your hand, we were talking about this with Jamal, when we become Voltron, yeah, see, again, I lost y'all. Power Rangers, there you go. <laughs> when you begin to be together, we start to watch God actually do some stuff. But it's actually stepping out of our comfort zone. It's actually understanding the value of what God has put in us and then actually stepping out and doing it. But we got to begin to ask ourselves, why don't I care about none of that crap you just said? That's all good, but I didn't come for that. Why is it that, ask yourself, why is it that that's happening inside of me? The Bible says that the man or the woman, I'm sorry, turns on the light. That once she turns on the light, she begins to sweep and she begins to look for it internally. Begin to sweep. Ask yourself some of those questions on a daily. But then not only do you ask yourself some of those questions, because remember, the Holy Spirit is going to empower you, but the Holy Spirit is also going to reveal things to you. Not only is it that I am empowered by the Holy Spirit, I'm turning on the light, I'm looking at what's around me, but there needs to be another step because the Bible says she turns on the light, she sweeps, but then she begins to search carefully for the coin. And yo, that needs to be the intention or the purpose of our heart. If I don't wake up in the morning thinking or wanting to work out, guess what I'm going to do? I'm not going to work out. If I don't get up in the morning or intentionally during the day think to myself, yo, I need to work out. I need to work out. I need to go out there. I need to walk around my neighborhood. I need to do something because I need to start doing it. When I stop thinking about that, my health starts to decline because now I'm just like, man, I could crush some Chick-fil-A. I could, ooh, McDonald's? I know it's been a long time since I ate McDonald's, but some of y'all, y'all got the sin of McDonald's on y'all. We got to break that in the name of Jesus. Burger King, there's only one king. His name is Jesus. Stop, Chino, stop. But what happens though, what happens though is that if we don't start our day with intentionality thinking, yo, today, Father, include this in your prayer. Today, use me to be able to speak into the life of somebody today, Lord. Father, use me today to be able to encourage somebody. Use me today to edify somebody. Use me today to comfort somebody. Use my hands today, Jesus, to lay hands on the sick that they may recover. Lord, use me today to be able to speak the word and watch demons flee at the name of Jesus. Lord, use me today to be able to do the work of your kingdom. Father, use me. When you begin to do those things, you start to lead with those things. Watch what happens. Because you were, he just shot me down, that's fine. What happens is this. When you open up your eyes, the Bible says, not the Bible, Tony Evans says, when you open up your eyes, but when your feet hit the ground, all of hell shudders and shakes thinking, dang, he woke up. Dang, she woke up. Because your mind is thinking to yourself now, God, I want you to use me. Every morning, this is the prayer that I say. And I use, I use the prayer which Jesus taught us. And then I have my own time of prayer as well. So I don't just relegate to a religious repetition. But the thing that I ask God is Matthew chapter 5. I say, Father, I thank you for who you are. And I talk about how he's Jehovah Jireh, my, pro my provider. Jehovah Nisi, my banner in victory. Jehovah Shalom, my peace. How he's Jehovah. 
Jehovah Sidkinu, my righteousness. I begin to tell him, and then I say, Lord, today, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth and as it is in heaven. Lord, give me the resources of heaven. Help me today, Father, to establish your kingdom. Let every conversation establish your kingdom. Let every one of my thoughts, let my wisdom be about establishing your kingdom, Lord God. Not only do I want your, will, your, will, your, your kingdom to come and your will be done, but Lord, I pray that you would provide. Give us everything that we need to do, everything that you asked us to do. Father, I pray that you would forgive me of my sins and I release anybody today. I pray that you would clear my suitcase so that I hold no bitterness or anger towards anybody. And then I start this prayer. This is where I like to get, this is where this is my favorite part of the prayer when I talk to Jesus. Then I get to this part where I say, let me not be led into temptation, but deliver me from all evil. And then I begin to say, God, according to Galatians chapter five, let me put be put on with the armor of God. Lord, let me put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the feet shut with the readiness to preach the gospel of peace. Lord, let me bring peace and balance to every conversation. Lord, give me, arm me with the shield of faith and arm me with the sword of the spirit. And I pray today, and this is where I begin to talk to God at that moment so that I can be intentional. God, let me operate in the words of wisdom, in the words of knowledge, in the discerning of spirits, in the laying on of hands so that the gifts of healings may happen, Lord God, that I would work in the workings of miracles, faith, Lord, tongues, interpretation of tongues today. Let me be able to encourage, edify, and comfort somebody by way of the word of prophecy. And I begin to tell God those things before I start my day so that I'm already thinking in my mind and in my heart and in my spirit, Lord, I'm open to you using me however you want because what happens is that at that very moment, once I step foot and I begin my conversations, God reminds me because I'm dumb. I forget too quickly. But when the Holy Spirit starts telling you this, 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 now I'm obedient because I opened him up and I told him he's a gentleman. He's only going to go as far as you let him go. But all of a sudden he opens up my heart and I start to watch people in a totally different light. It was funny, me and, uh, me and, and uh, there's an individual, his name is David Higgins, and he's, a, I mean, a, an amazing man of God. Every Tuesday, we get together here. Remember what I talked about that last Sunday? Every Tuesday, we meet right here in the church, and we train on evangelism, on sharing your faith. And this Tuesday, I introduced him because he's going to be doing the training for the next five weeks right here on Tuesday. And there was about 10 of us in this place. And when we were in this place, um, we began to talk about and going over the gifts of the Spirit, everything that we've learned over the last 16 weeks. But then after we talked about everything that we learned, he, I had him come up and just do a brief introduction. And when we did that brief introduction, it was beautiful to watch as God began, and some of you guys were here, this man began to speak by way of the words of wisdom and word of knowledge in such a beautiful way that he began to speak to everybody and give everybody an individual word where people who were here, you can attest to the fact that he spoke to things that nobody else knows except you and God, and he spoke about those things. Even to the point, Luki, which you know, she's a part of our church, we love her, her and Carlos, they're right now doing, they're starting their foster care and they're starting evangelism and they got programs for the prophetic and they're doing all of these programmings that they stepped out of leadership here to be able to go full-time into what God has called them to do. But she was sitting here and he spoke a word to her. Then when he spoke a word to her, she said, I know this guy from somewhere. And it clicked 10 years ago in her worst state when she wasn't thinking about ministry in her worst state, he met her at a mall and spoke a word to her that today she's actually doing the very thing that he spoke 10 years about. 
So me and me and this guy, I just wanted to give you a, a glimpse of who he is. Every Tuesday, we're going to be doing this thing together and have conversations with the people that were here this Tuesday. It was an amazing, beautiful moment. I don't think, the, did, did the decibel, did, did he scream at any point? Was there any yelling, a crazy slapping on of people? Everything was just calm. It was just, hey, here, this is what the Lord is saying. Hey, this is what God, I'm saying it was just super calm. It was the spirit of God. Every Tuesday that's going to happen, me and him were at a restaurant the other day, and it was funny because I'm talking about this idea of, of actually being intentional when you look at stuff. We were sitting at the restaurant, and the Lord put it on his heart to speak to the waitress, and the waitress comes up, and he's like, yo, you're such an encourager. There's something inside of you that loves people but also loves animals a lot, and this lady says to him, you know what? That's funny. I actually want to start a shelter to be able to bring dogs, lost dogs out. This man was able to see that because he had got up in the morning and he said, Lord, I'm obedient to your calling with to you what you want to do in my own personal life. Last Sunday, I was able to preach a revival not so far from here. And one of the ladies came up and I was praying for her. And when I began to pray for her, I said, the Lord wants to use you in healing. And your hands are actually going to heal people. I want you to understand that God is going to use you. In fact, God is already using you, but he's going to help you with dialysis or diabetes. And that lady looked at me. Her eyes were about this big. And she said, that's my job. I work in dialysis and diabetes. That's what I do on a regular basis. I said, well, since that's what you do, then we're going to activate that today. I told her husband who was there to come as well. My wife was there and somebody, Ricky, Ricky was there as well. And this, this lady, I told her, come over here. You're going to pray for your husband and her husband had sciatica in his back he couldn't go this far down this is as far as he can go am I lying Ricky he couldn't go this is as far as he can go and I told his wife come on we're going to pray for him and she put her hand on his back with some anointing oil and we began to pray and I said father I pray that you would activate the gifts of healing over her life and that moment we prayed for him prayed prayed let it go I said do what you can't do and this man said bro I promise you Ricky's there my wife is there this man I'm listen man I can't even touch my toes this man put his palms all the way at the bottom of the floor and came back up. I said, could you do that before? He's like, I could only go about this far. And this man did it again. I mean, six foot, babe, how tall was that guy? Six foot five, six foot four, 350 pounds. Big dude, big burly looking dude and touched the ground. Yo, that's not because Chino's, oh my God, I'm so anointed. The Lord is on me. And because I pray every morning and because I read my Bible. Yo, can I tell you sometimes I don't pray in the morning. It's in the afternoon that I'm like, Lord, I forgot. I'm so sorry. I love you. <laughs> can, I, can I tell you? Can I tell you a secret? Can I tell you a secret? Me and my wife, we don't see eye to eye all the time. She's more violent than I am, though. Y'all pray for me. Save me. Yo, I'm not perfect, but I'm obedient. Can I tell you that when you actually begin to be intentional about the people and you start stepping out on faith, yo, you'll start seeing God do some crazy things through you. But you got to do it. You got to step out of it. You can't keep getting all this head knowledge, sit there and become this fat gator that's, that's in this paralyzed state when God actually wants you to continue to move forward. I want you to understand something. When you begin to, and if you can give me some music, I want to feel spiritual now because it's, it's, I, I, I need to land this thing. When you begin to actually do the things that I told you, you turn on the light. Not I told you, Jesus told you. You turn on the light. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fill me. Holy Spirit, use me. 
Lord, the gifts of the Spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you didn't listen to any of those messages, go and let the Bible teach you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13 and 14. It talks about the gifts of the Spirit. Three different channels, three different chapters. Lord, I want you to fill me. Lord, I want you to take me to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. When you begin to turn on the light, but then when you actually, beyond turn on the light, you begin to talk to yourself. Why are you so apathetic? Why does Netflix have such a hold on you? Why are you up to four o'clock in the morning and then you wonder why you ain't praying at nine, 10 o'clock in the morning? Why are you rushing to work? Lord, eliminate some of these things in my life. I need to sweep and I need to eliminate and take out some stuff that's not allowing me to find the value of what you created me for. Take some of this stuff out, Lord God, from my own personal life. And then when you begin to search intently, when you start looking, okay, God, I'm ready to go. Some of us for so long, I've even taught a series on how to find your calling. What is it that God created you for? That's a question that so many of our college students, they constantly ask, what was I created for? What, what does God want me to do? You know what he wants you to do? He wants you to reach and empower people towards a relationship with Jesus. Matthew 28, 19, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Mark chapter 16, he says, preach the word. And when you preach the word, those who believe will receive new tongues. They lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall cast out demons. Whatever they say in my name, they shall shall do Jesus begins to give us a mandate be my witnesses first Acts chapter 1 verse 8 I want you to be my witnesses and speak you want to know what your will God's will is for your life whatever you want to do he doesn't care if you work at a pediatric center or is he work as a doctor he doesn't care if you work for elementary school or high school he doesn't care what you do with those things he just wants you to preach the word of God and what happens is that when you actually take those things in your heart when you search you turn on the light you swept some of the crap out of your life some of the people out of your life. Dang, did I say that on the microphone? Sweep some of the people out of your life and you search intently, you find it. And when you find it, the Bible says that heaven rejoices. There is a party that happens in heaven. Not when one Christian person wakes up in the morning and open up their Bible and read Matthew chapter 14. Not when one Christian person writes another beautiful worship song. The Bible says that heaven rejoices. They throw a party in heaven when one sinner repents and comes to Jesus. Yo, do you understand that when we are active in the ministry and in the calling that God has given us, when we begin to let ourselves be used by God and somebody, yo, do you know how easy it is to lead somebody to Jesus when they take the cast off their foot because God has healed their foot? You know how easy it is for a woman to have her wrist broken and to have a brace on it and for you to pray for this woman for her to take the cast off of her brace or the brace off of her wrist and for her to move her wrist around and not understand what's happening you know how easy it is for you to say have you given your life to Jesus no I want to do that I want Jesus right now the declaration is always going to be so that you can I mean the demonstration is always going to be so that it empowers the declaration the things that God does through you is always so that he can empower and so he can put a stamp of approval on what you say. And what we say is not join my ministry. It's not send me $5.99 a month to be part of our Christian only fans. <laughs> That's why I feel like church is all the time. If I'm honest with you, it's like a club. I'm not spectating anything. My desire and my hope is not that you spectate. Stop looking at me. My desire and my hope is that you would step out of your comfort zone and that you would actually go out and be active in the ministry that God has given you. Because when you open up your mouth, you begin to exalt the name of Jesus. The kingdom of God is established while the kingdom of hell burns. But it's you stepping out and finding that value.
You want to learn how to throw a party in heaven? Get on assignment. Turn on the light and tell the Holy Spirit to guide you. Sweep some of the stuff out of your own heart. And then intently wake up every morning and say, God, I want you to help. I want you to use me today. Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. It happened to the disciples several different ways. But Father, I pray, Lord, that you would use me. Put the armor of God on me. Lord, I pray that the gifts of the Spirit would be available to me today. Father, help me to see what people cannot see. Wake me up when I start getting into this chaos of comfort. Wake me up. Shake me, Lord, and start to show me what it is. I hope and my desire is that this week at some point that you would take the time to slow down on your regular fast-paced life and that you would begin to speak to God that way. That you would turn on the lights, that you would sweep some stuff out, and that you would search intently and tell God, Lord, do this for me, please, because I want to be used by you. For some of us, though, though we have that desire in our heart, for many of us, for some of us, whether we're here or we're watching in person, the nine other coins or the 99, that feels so far away from us. We don't feel like we're a part of that. We feel like we're the ones that are hidden right now. We feel the ones that are lost. We feel the ones that maybe it was the pandemic. It has separated you from the relationship that you had with Jesus. Or for some of us, we probably never had a relationship with Jesus. And whether we're watching here on person, in person, whether we're watching online or we're here in person, today you're confronted with a truth. Here's the truth. And it should impact you and it should rip you apart. Watch this. Jesus loves you. He brought me on his microphone to tell you that he loves you. He allowed for you to walk through these doors to tell me that he loves you. He allowed for you to log on and not log off and you don't know why to tell you that he loves you. Everything that we do is to present the gospel because it's the only thing that can save. That Jesus came, that he lived a sinless life, that he died for your sins. Three days later, he resurrected, that he gave you the keys to the kingdom. Not only did he give you the keys to the kingdom, but the Bible says that he placed his righteousness on you. He who knew no sin became sin so that we may become the righteousness of God. Chino, I, I don't think I've ever heard it that way. Or Chino, I want that Jesus. Or Chino, I feel like I'm the lost coin and everybody forgot about me. My family doesn't care about me. My friends don't care about me. My teachers don't care. My boss doesn't care about me. I feel like I'm that lost coin by myself. Today, I want to tell you that you don't have to be by yourself. That there is a Jesus that will come alongside of you. The Bible says that he sticks closer than a brother. Not only does Jesus come alongside of you, but you have a church that is not church membership driven. We are a family that wants to come alongside of you and help you and walk through this journey together with you. The first step is super easy. It's nothing to do with us and everything to do with God. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and if you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, that you shall be saved. So the first step for you to step out of hiding, the first step for you to be that broken sheep to say, Jesus, bye, here I go, help me, is for you to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Now here's what's going to happen. In just a second, I'm going to pray. I can help you with the confessing part. The believing part is in your heart. So would you do me a favor? Would you bow your head and close your eyes all over this place for just a second? Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. And we hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greatercourse.com.
greater.church, where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media platforms at My Greater Church.